field. Earlier this week, or I should say earlier this month, uh, Rich Larson did a story, uh, story on emerald ash borer. It has been confirmed right here in Northfield. It's been suspected for quite some time, but we have our first confirmed case now. So we've invited a uh, noted arborist, Faith Applequist, to join us to uh, talk about the emerald ash borer. Faith, thank you so much for coming in today. Yes, Jeff. Thanks for having me. We're going to have you work that microphone just a little bit closer. Okay, there you go. Let's talk about EAB. Well, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. You you have a long history of being an arborist. Yeah, right. So I've been been an arborist for about 14 years now, and... um, I practice, um, you know, risk assessment, tree evaluation, plant health care. Um, I do landscape design and problem diagnosis, things like that with trees. Now, going back, uh, probably when you were starting up, that's about the time. When did we start finding emerald ash borer in our area? It's been kind of working its way across country, yeah, hasn't it? It has. It's been, you know, it was discovered in Detroit in 2002 um and it's just kind of moved like a plague like a plague of locusts i kind of like to think about it and it was discovered in the twin cities around 2009 Mm -hmm. so it was in saint paul that it was discovered and it's been kind of radiating from that kind of epicenter since then so it's now moved into my area, Apple Valley, Egan, Lakeville are all now heavily infested. Rosemont. Now, as you go about your daily business in uh, in Apple Valley and or Lakeville, wherever, uh, do you notice, boy, the trees? Uh, the, the, oh boy, that one doesn't look too healthy. It's an ash tree. Yeah. Uh, do you do you notice that? Yeah. Is it? I do. I, you know, I, um, you know, I've been uh, hired by cities to do windshield windshield surveys of mm-hmm. emerald ash borer infected trees. That's usually done in the winter, so you can see the classic telltale signs, which is woodpecker damage up in the high canopy. It starts in, and then it the woodpeckers fleck off the bark, and so the bark tends to get this blonding look, which is kind of a cream colored look to the bark and the woodpeckers are looking for the larvae that that lives right beneath the bark and so when you see that woodpecker damage you know that that is one of the signs and it's something that let's say a regular homeowner tree owner wouldn't really notice at first but as it progresses it's very obvious that the tree is infected mm-hmm. now do are there certain types of of uh, ash trees that uh, are particularly affected by this, or does it go just across the board? It is across the board. Um, the emerald ash borer is a you know an insect from from Asia, let's say Korea, China, and the ash trees that evolved with this insect there are not affected by the emerald ash borer because they they've evolved defenses in their their leaves and their tissue, and then there's, um, you know, insects that feed on the emerald ash borer there. But here, when the insect came over here from, from you know, China and Korea, it the trees had no defenses. They've evolved without this insect. So they're, they're defenseless. And it is uh, what they call an extinction event, in a sense that all the ash trees will die in the United States. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that is uh, a dire uh, prognosis, yeah. but uh, it uh, 
is playing out right before her very eyes. We're seeing that. Yeah. Uh, what is it that the emerald ash borer does that kills the tree? The the adult the adult beetle. So it's a it's a complete metamorphosis. It goes egg, larvae, pupae, and adult. And the larvae is what kills the tree. It's not the adult. And the adult will feed on leaves, but the larvae are growing in this layer underneath the bark, which is the phloem layer, which has all the sugars that the trees need. And, of course, those larvae get fat on eating that layer of wood that has all the sugars in it. And what it does is it creates... Uh, holes in the tree, in a sense. So the tree is like a straw with holes in it. It can't draw up any water or nutrients out of the soil because it has all these holes in its vascular system. Um, Then, you know, without the tree's sugars, it can't live either. So the emerald ash borer starts from the top of the canopy and works its way eating the tree down into the trunk. So it takes a couple years of progression. And of course, if the beetles ate the tree at the bottom of the tree, at the lower part of the tree, the tree would die right away. So it knows to eat the tree from the top down. So in that way, it can really feast on the whole tree. And what's tricky for tree owners and homeowners is to know that It can go really fast. The emerald ash borer starts feeding on the tree high in the canopy and you don't notice it. And then, you know, you get a a year or two where you're not paying attention and then the tree is dead. It goes that fast. And you see, uh, you may see, do do the the adults, the, the emerald ash borers, you know, when they get to that point, are those, do they still hang out inside the trees? Will you see them outside the trees uh, or Yeah, going you from won't. Place? You know, they are, they're really hanging around the tree. They like to, if they're breeding, you know, so one adult um, insect can lay 50 eggs and then it completely, it, it multiplies like exponentially as those beetles grow and they kind of stay in the tree until the tree is um, is consumed, then they fly off to find more to eat. They fly, you know, pretty, you know, mile, mile and a half. They're not big flyers. So they really are moved around by people moving wood around to their cabin or, you know, to a wood pile somewhere that's not infected, and then that beetle emerges, and then it starts infecting there. Faith Applequist is with us. She is a uh, an arborist, and we're talking about the emerald ash borer. You'd mentioned that was first found uh, in uh, the southern metro area in about 2009. Uh, fast forward to 2023. Today, we're just getting our first confirmed reports uh, here in Northfield of, of, of getting that. Uh, that, you know, 14 years, 15 years in between yeah. is, uh, is, is that indicative of how fast this is moving? Is it hitting other areas more rapidly than it has Northfield? Um, you know, that's hard to say. It mm-hmm. depends uh, on, on each population. Um, you know, the population of Illinois and Michigan, those are all devastated states where it's all statewide. It's moving into Minnesota. I don't know how long it's going to be before the entire state, but they are predicting the entire state will be, um, you know, full pest pressure, fully, uh, heavily infested. Yeah, I would imagine they're probably coming at us from every every angle. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's, let's talk about what can be done 
if anything, to save the ash trees. Yeah. If we have some listeners out there that have a big, beautiful ash tree in their right. yard, they'd like to save it. Yeah. Is that possible? Yes. So the it's it's one of those things, one of the reasons I wanted to talk today um, is that the treatment of the ash trees is very effective. Um, the treatment involves what, what I do and what most applicators do. We call ourselves pesticide applicators. What us applicators do is we do a trunk injection in the tree and we put a systemic insecticide in the tree and it's a two-year rotation. So every two years the tree needs to be treated again. Um, and it's very effective. The trees do fine. They're, the little um, drill holes do, don't really cause the tree any trouble and the tree can live. And um, what if you don't do that, the tree will die. It's 100% that it will die. And everybody's trees die all at the same time. So they call that synchronized death. So if your tree is dead, everyone's tree is dead in the same way. There's not one tree here that's going to be saved or that the boars won't find. Everybody's tree is in the same um, progression. And by the time you, you notice it dying, it's uh, too, too it's, late. It's too late. It's too late. So, you know, the, when I come out to, when I come out to um, property owners and the tree is infested, and when I say infested, it has a woodpecker damage, there is a point where you can still treat the tree. Once the insecticide goes in the tree, the tree can be um, protected and, and the in, insects that are in there are killed. So the tree can go on living, it puts on new wood, it sends out new growth, and the tree looks fine, even if it's infected. But the, but the sweet spot is it can't be too far gone. So the trees have to be caught while they're still like 30% affected, maybe 40%. But when we're getting on to 50% of this woodpecker damage, then it's too late to treat. Mm-hmm. The, um, the, the, let's talk about the future of ash trees, uh, at least in America, in our, our area. Uh, is it, uh, well, you can save a tree that's in your yard uh, if you go to a forest that has a large percentage of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be a little more difficult to do. Right. What is the future of the ash tree? Well, how does, this is, I don't know if you'll even know the answer yeah. to this, and, but as far as the whole ecosystem, the broader scope, uh, will missing the ash uh, trees make a big difference in the biodiversity of uh... oh yes oh it's it's tragic it's tragic it's going to affect water quality it's going to affect all the insects that live on that tree that are host it's a host to specific insects animals birds that are all um you know very much attuned to the to the ash tree and its life um so in the United States, they estimate that there's 9 billion, let's say 8.7 or 9 billion ash trees in the whole United States, and Minnesota has a billion of those. So we are heavily, heavily populated with ash because ash is um, kind of a swamp type of tree in a sense that it's, um, it's good in water 
kind of areas. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very common tree here. It's common in Northfield. It's common where I am. And it's a really wonderful urban tree for that reason. Well, yeah, a billion trees here in Northfield. Yeah. I was going to ask you. Not in Northfield. Or, in excuse the, me, yeah, in, in, in Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't think we have a billion of anything here in Northfield. But, uh, you know, I was going to ask you on an, like an industrial state scale, larger scales, can we save these forests? Can we, can we inject each tree? But Boy, a billion trees to yeah. inject. That's a yeah. little bit uh, the, out of the, the scope. Right. The, uh, the protections for the ash tree is mainly for high-value trees in someone's property that they want to save. A big tree in your front yard, a tree that's in the backyard that uh, provides shade to the patio. The trees that are out in the forest, um, those trees are, unless we find, let's say, um, some sort of cure they're working on they're working on wa introducing predatory wasps and um to see and these are wasps then in their home area in asia they brought them here and they're releasing them in the hopes of maybe trying to counteract the you know the level of destruction but at this point it's just mainly to maybe set it back a little bit mm -hmm. it's not to cure it yeah and to have an ash tree a large mature ash tree in your house i mean that really um there's a value to that yeah a tangible value when you when you sell your house to have a big beautiful tree so yeah. it, it would be uh, definitely worth it to get uh, uh to get it taken a look at can people just contact are there are there the the arborist or the the service provider you would need to do that yeah. what's the best way of uh what, what do you make sure like, okay, this person does know what they're talking about. Are there certain certifications to look for? Mm -hmm. So in order to treat the ash tree, it's a uh, restricted-use pesticide. So the person that applies the pesticide has to have a pesticide applicator license. So they need to be licensed with the state that they've gone through the training for. We go through training every two years to apply this pesticide. Um, and so you can look up... Any reputable tree company should have, if they do provide that service, should have a group of individuals that do their plant health care that provide that injection service. I'd like to say, and just as my own experience, there are homeowner products that are out there in the market that you can use to, let's say, mix up a solution and pour it on the soil. But my experience has been that those don't work with heavy pest pressure that we have now. So I come out to those trees that the homeowner's been treating, and they still are in decline. Um, so I would recommend to use the trunk injection with method with this product called triage, um, and that is the most effective way. Mm -hmm. Once again, Faith Applequist is with us. She is an arborist. You know, I look back over the course of my lifetime, we've had the Emerald Ashmore, uh, but back like in the 70s and 80s, we had uh, Dutch elm disease. Mm -hmm. You know, looking uh, at what's on the horizon, obviously uh, Emerald Ashmore is not going anywhere mm -hmm. uh, other than in the ash trees, but are there any other in danger, uh, you know, plague-like uh Anyway, things out there, <laughs> whether it be insects or disease. Uh, is there anything else out there on the horizon? Yes, there are. Um, so when you mentioned Dutch elm disease, um, Dutch elm disease was very devastating because we had 
planted elm trees along most of the streets in America. And when those trees went down, it was just very devastating for for people. And what happened is that after the elm trees went down, ash trees were planted in the same way. And in a way, it's called a monoculture. And a monoculture is where you just plant the same thing over and over. And that's what we're having with ash. We didn't learn our lessons with Dutch elm disease, so now we have ash trees all over the place, lined city streets and people's homes. And um, there there's a challenge for us going forward to not make those same mistakes. But unfortunately, we're making another mistake now as we're planting too many maples. And maples are the next tree that is um, on the radar for insect damage from a beetle from Asia. Um, there is a huge percentage of the population of ash tree removals that have been planted with maple. Um, and the beetle is called Asian longhorn beetle, and it is in the United States now. It's just been discovered again in South Carolina, and there's lots. If you look online, you can see all the points where they're trying to contain it. But the Asian longhorn beetle is kind of makes the emerald ash borer look nice because the Asian longhorn beetle has a 10-tree uh, menu. And the Asian, the emerald ash borer only has one tree that it likes, and that's the ash tree. But the Asian longhorn beetle likes 10. So my advice to anybody who's planting another tree is do not plant a maple and try to diversify your yard and landscape as much as possible. Every tree, in theory, would be great if every tree would be different on your yard. So if you have a maple, put a hackberry. If you have a hackberry, put an oak. If you have an oak, put, you know, um, a disease-resistant elm or something like that. But not a black walnut. Well, maybe not that. <laughs> a black walnut, and uh, it, uh, it drives me crazy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's it's a beautiful gotta... tree, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, Faith, is there anything else uh, you'd like to pass along as far as, you know, we're heading into the spring. People are getting out into mm -hmm. the yards at this time. Is mm -hmm. there anything, uh, just words of wisdom, do or don't do? My my big words of wisdom would be that it is not too early. In fact, it's exactly when we should do it is to be finding out how you're going to treat your tree or not treat your tree, making that decision. Not all ash trees should be treated. Some ash trees are in a bad spot under the power lines. They have bad structure. They're falling apart. We don't want to treat those. Decide what trees you're going to treat. If you wait too long, those trees will surprise you. And this is what has really nobody is saying on websites or talking about. But that tree can look good going into winter, and by the spring it can be dead. So that is the challenge, that you won't always see it and know it. So it's good to get ahead of it and get those ash trees treated as soon as possible. Yeah, we have an a employee that lives outside of town that had emerald ash borer, and it's the same thing. Uh, one day it's good, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's just what happened. <laughs> right. It's just gone. It's gone. It's yeah. that fast, and it, it takes people off off guard because they say, I've been watching this tree, and it looked fine, it looked fine. But they don't see the the little uh, the in the canopy mm -hmm. up at the top, and they don't realize how exponential the, that growth goes with those insects, and how they can just multiply in these huge numbers just overnight. Yeah. So, folks, uh, identify your tree. What type of tree it is? It's a, if it's an ash tree, uh, and you want to keep it. 
uh, there's help for you. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. F- Faith, thank you so much for thank coming you, Jeff. in. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Faith Applequist, once again, uh, uh, an arborist. We thank her for being in today. Coming up.